is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. On this New Year's special episode, we'll be talking to Pete Allen, tour leader for the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, and Kieran Lyon from Scenic Car Tours, plus hearing from some of our members about some of the amazing and memorable trips they've had on JEC Tours. JECpodcast.com Hello and welcome to another Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast and a happy new year as you join us on episode 37, our new year special. Now, for those of you who have already heard the Christmas special, we did a bit of a review of the year. Look back over the strange year that was 2020 and started to look forward to some of the things we've got ahead of us in 2021. And one of those things was, of course, our many JEC tours. And that forms the basis of this week's New Year's special on the JEC podcast and a uh, welcome back to the podcast Kieran Lyon from Scenic Car Tours. Hi Kieran. Hi Wayne, how you doing? Good? Very good thanks, yeah very good and a, a new person to the podcast uh, and a very important person of course because uh, he heads up all of our tours in the club is Pete Allen. Welcome along Pete. Well I haven't been called important before but I'll take it Wayne, thanks a lot, uh, good to see you. Describe where you are currently. Where I am currently, I'm in the southwest of France. Uh, I'm in confinement, good old French curfew and confinement during this challenging time. Um, I've spent the majority of the year here in France, which uh, I have a little refurbishment project going on here. And that's not car wise, that's house wise. And uh, I perceived it was probably the safest place to remain down here during these challenging times. But like all of us, I'm looking forward to getting the old car back on the road and uh, joining you guys back in Blighty as soon as uh, we get the uh, light on at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And Kieran, this is a time when New Year, just after Christmas, we've got a little bit of spare time, but we're thinking about the year ahead. This is traditionally the busy time for booking holidays, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sort of December through to March really historically for us and I think for most of the travel industries people are cold they're stuck indoors um, and they they uh, they want something to look forward to and actually the last few weeks um, it, it's really uh, it's really shown us that uh, probably this year more than ever it's uh, it's definitely sticking with that tradition with people just wanting to have something in the diary to look forward to after 2020. Absolutely. Well, you joined us back on episode 30 of the JEC podcast, and we talked then about the implications that Brexit has on touring as we head into 2021, and also uh, touring and holidays in a post-pandemic world. We'll touch on some more developments on those subject areas as we go through this episode. But um, back to you, Pete. Let's just give everyone an introduction, really, of well, yourself, tell us about your Jaguar past and your Jaguar history and uh, what brought you into the Jaguar family that is the JEC. But also let's lay things out for those people perhaps listening who aren't a member of the JEC yet on just what we offer in terms of tours and holidays and great experiences that you can have with your Jaguar within the club. Okay then, Wayne, my background, uh, my Jaguar background anyway, um, I got my first Jaguar, I think it was 2003, uh, I can't remember the date I got it, but I can remember the car. It was a 12-year-old uh, 1991 4-litre XJS Coupe, which was the pride and joy of my life. It was Kingfisher Green with, with a, uh, uh, a light tan interior. Um, the only problem was it was desperately trying to return back to earth. Uh, I was constantly chasing the rust on it all over the place, but it, it, was, it was a great car. 
And I suppose really, well, first of all, that's what got me into the JEC. A couple of years later, I, I, I uh, took membership in the JEC. I was living in Anglesey in North Wales at the time, so it was quite difficult to go to the uh, monthly meets because my monthly meet meant a commute of about two hours to get to the venue. And uh, working at the time during a work day, it was, it was pretty impractical to go to the meets. But, but I, I used to correspond via, uh, via pen and I got to know Graham Silve really well because he was running the show then in Bristol at the time. But it was, it was that car that really got me into touring. I was slightly nervous to take it out because of the the consequence of anything happening to it while I was on the road, et cetera, et cetera. I was scared of the technology in it at the time and that sort of thing. And it wasn't until I took a run with a colleague who also had a Jag that I realized the camaraderie you can get via going out on the road with, with somebody with a likewise car. The people who, who've got Jags have got likewise minds and it's great for socializing and going out. But what's, what's even more important is that it gives you confidence because if you have a problem, you can share it with somebody else rather than standing by the side of the road and thinking, hell, what am I going to do now? Um, and so we initially started out living in North Wales by going through tours through Snowdonia and, and daily tours there. And then we got a little bit more courageous and went across to the, the East Coast, which was quite a long trip, you know, from, from North Wales in, in those days in, in a car of that age. Um, and then I got posted at work back down to uh, Bristol I came back home to Bristol because that's where I originate from. I floated between a couple of regions there before Graham put me in charge of the South Cotswolds region. And we, we grew a new region there in the South Cotswolds, which was a, an area that wasn't populated with a good region at the time. Uh, and it was only a small club. But again, it was members who owned some really interesting cars. For example, we had Jags to Jensen's in it. But we also had one guy who collected Willis Jeeps. And he had a fleet of these things. And it was those sort of people who were in that club there. Fascinating guys, really salt of the earth guys. And it was with those guys that I then started organising tours for, 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 for my region. And uh, we got more and more confident. And eventually we stepped across the channel and we started exploring north of France. And we ended up going down to the south of France and we had some great times. But there was there's one thing that always happened during the tour, and that was uh, we always used to get together in the evening for an evening meal, uh, because during the day we'd go out in different places and see different things, but always in the evening we'd come together as a group. And you could always guarantee on the last night of the tour, the question would come up in the around the table, so where are we going next? And it, it's that sort of thing that, that got me so interested in touring. And, and to be honest, Wayne, I absolutely love the planning side of the touring. And that's why I really relish working with Kieran and building these, these tours for the club. And so I think, uh, again, my, my good longtime friend Graham spotted this and I got invited onto the uh, JEC events committee. And uh, for my sins, I'm now touring manager for the JEC. So I'm working full time with, with Kieran as regards with the JEC. And uh, we're hoping to expand what the club are doing and uh, try and give tours for all people. So what the club have done in the past is they've done, uh, they've done tours in the UK, they've done tours in the Channel Islands, they've done tours through Europe. There's been two sorts of tour. One's been an escorted tour where they have a leader, uh, somebody who's affiliated to the club, and uh, they do all the organisation, they do an itinerary, and they basically they shepherd the people out to make sure everybody's safe and sound and everything's going tickety-boo and bring the people back. Or the other tour is that uh, you book a tour and... Uh, 
the company scenic will look after the bookings of the tour and get you to your hotel but once you're there it's up to you to see yourself way around and uh, enjoy the area that you've gone to what i'm looking to do in the future is carry on these tours because they've been very successful with the club but i'm also looking to open up a portfolio of tours to try and give something to those people who possibly have got more of a time constraint those people who are still at work and possibly i don't know perhaps a little bit more of a cultural weekend so we're looking at uh, city tours which means you'll use your pride and joy to get you there and then possibly lock it up over the weekend but at least that camaraderie between colleagues and friends will be there we're also looking to do things for families so it'll be more affordable tours but more family based tours one of the tours that we were going to do this year working with Kieran was a tour to Disney in Paris unfortunately due to the events of 2020 that's been postponed but we will definitely get that back on the books again soon and try and pick other sort of tours which are sort of attractive to families to uh, to, to try and get a, a, a different type of a genre a demographic within within our touring uh, so that's really where i've come from um 2020 has been a strange old year. I mean, ironically enough, Kieran, it kicked off, I think it was uh, early in the year, we were supposed to be going to China. And of course, China shut down the world. So, so that, was, <laughs> that was postponed and that will be rescheduled at another date. Um, the majority of the tours last year have been rescheduled. Um, and my, my sympathy goes out to Kieran because he's been... Uh, tearing his hair out with rescheduled dates and rescheduled dates and more rescheduled dates. But it's led to a nice portfolio of tours for 2021. And we call it the transition year because a lot of our tours have been rescheduled forwards into that year. And uh, we've got tours that will be going out to UK-wise. We'll be doing the Scottish North Coast, which a lot of people are really interested in doing that one. Uh, unfortunately, we can't take lots of people on that tour because uh, we're limited hotel space-wise, but we'll see from the uh, interest in the club how many people want to go and try and facilitate that to the majority. We're also doing a new tour next year, which is the South Coast 250, which takes you from the Garden of England in Kent across to um, the New Forest, which is some wonderful coastline. We go a little bit further afield and we go into Jersey, which is a long-term favourite with a lot of our people. And then for those who want to go a little bit further afield again, uh, we've got the Spirit of the Entente, of which uh, Ray Searles, our chairman, will be uh, escorting. And that goes through Brittany and through the Loire Valley and back again. And for those who want to stretch the legs of their cars a little bit further, we've got a tour going down to uh, Lake Garda and the Stelvio Pass. That's in September. And so there's a nice, nice range portfolio of tours there that uh, we're really hoping we can get going next year and get people on the road again. And important, I guess, that there were some dates for UK-based tours in 2021 because there's still naturally going to be some nervousness, isn't there, amongst people about going abroad. Those that are intrepid enough to do it, that's great you've got those packages for them, but are you expecting a bigger take-up of the UK-based tours in 2021 as a, as a result of things? With what we know at the moment, Wayne, we believe so. Um, there's, there's two reasons for that. You've got the nervousness about what's happening in the wake of covid uh, and how are different countries coping with that? But the other element of nervousness is well, what's happening with Brexit? Uh, what's happening at the frontier? It's one of those thoughts that's on my mind now for getting back to Blighty. It's all going to be so different getting through frontiers now because we are not, or after December the 31st, we are not within the European Union. So um, not only is it going to take a little bit of time for the frontiers to get used to how they're going to handle us, which I'm sure will give delays, but also we're going to need different sort of documentation 
uh, to be able to get out there. So to avoid that nervousness, I think you're dead right. I think there's a lot of people who are keen to stay in the UK. Um, and because of that reason, we've got those two great tours on for next year, which at different ends of the country, hopefully will help people who live anywhere in the country. They've got a choice of either to, to, to jump onto. So I echo what, what, what Pete's saying, and we've worked closely together to make sure there is some UK focus, um, mainly to get people to have something to look forward to in their diaries now, because we appreciate that we're probably not going to know for a little while yet, actually, what, if any, um, major, at least, implications both the COVID situation and the Brexit situation will have. I'm very fortunate, I feel, because I don't just speak to Jaguar members. I speak to Morgan Club members, NX5 Club members, MG Club members, and I can get a real feel across the board. And actually, yeah, there's a bit of a feel of nervousness amongst some, but there's a lot as well that are booking the the further afield tours because they know, okay, you know, it might be that you need an international driving permit. You might need a green card. You might need this. You might need that. But they're very much of the sentiment of we drove before the European Union in Europe. We're going to drive afterwards. So we've got that variety just so that everybody's got a bit of choice. Um, it, the point still remains, Wayne, that we, we're finding in all of the um, advice that we're hearing and listening to and watching closely that, and a touchwood as I say this, that tourism isn't going to be massively affected um, because we, none of us can afford for it to be. Um, so um, yeah we're very positive and of course once we know more we'll keep our listeners and members and customers up up to date but um, yeah the message is if you want to stay in the UK we've got plenty for you but if you like most and you still want to venture out to Europe it's not as scary as I'm sure it sounded well I mean you know you look back in history into Jaguar's past and some of those epic uh, rallies that the cars did especially in pre-war times when the ss100s took on things like the uh, coupe des alps and the mili melia and events like that they used to have carnets didn't they that uh, would get them in between the borders and well maybe it just might be a return to the fun of having those and uh, it all adds to the adventure <laughs> i've got james and jody here in the office blimey they went from london uh, you know they went they've done part of our london to moscow last year and crossed the borders into russia and they said blimey we think we've got problems at Dover. You want to go and try and spend four hours waiting to be seen by the Russian authorities. So, um, yeah, it's just it will just become a new normal for uh, to, to coin a phrase that's been thrown around a lot this year. Well, the dominating thing that has been of 2020, of course, with all things in life, uh, but touring in particular, has been working with COVID. So, obviously, there's been some implications to touring from COVID. But what are you managing to put in place to give people confidence to book, Kieran? Yeah, again, we, we understand a bit like with the Brexit situation that with the COVID situation, although things short term look still pretty bleak, but long term with jabs in arms now, who could have thought that when we last spoke? It's incredible, really, um, that things for after the spring are looking mighty bright, um, which is great for all of the listeners because all of our tours don't run really until May onwards. So we've got plenty of time for COVID and Brexit to sort themselves out, which is good. But um, we understand people want to commit now because they want to put something in their diary. They don't want to wait. And so with that, we've got our COVID commitment, which is that if we as Scenic Car Tours are unable to operate any of the tours that we run, be it the Jaguar Tours or our Mixed Mark Tours, that if nearer the time it can't run, we can't run it, that although we'd love customers and members to work with us to roll monies forward because 
ultimately that's why I'm still here talking to you, Wayne and, and Pete. Um, but if they can't, one of the options is they'll get a refund. So they know that they can book with us um, with that confidence that that is an option available to them if we can't run their tour. And you know what? That's the great thing about working so closely with an operator like Scenic and bringing the club together with you, Kieran, because out there in the big bad world, we know there are lots of problems with touring packages. You see it on the news every day about people not getting money back or never hearing from their travel operators again or people going under and taking vast sums of money with them. We have a partnership here that the club has with Scenic Carters. And because as a club, we're always working with you and we're talking with you in partnership we can protect everyone that's going on these tours because we all know each other and we're all working on it together and that's the strength of all this isn't it yeah i mean we certainly think so i mean we're biased because <laughs> we're obviously we're obviously the, the operator for the events but we just honest has always been the best policy for us we you know the companies this year that we've seen shine away from ownership i don't think that's the right way i think the right way was to do what we've done and say look you are entitled to a refund but if we give you it here and now and we give every single customer that asks for a refund here and now a refund, we're not going to be here to, to fulfill that. So, um, you know, that was that was the severity of where we were at this year. And I think by being honest with people, they appreciated and we thank them for it that a couple of hundred quid to them times that by the 4000 cars that travel with us every year. Obviously, that's a bit a bit more valuable to us and. We genuinely can't thank our customers and members enough for, for supporting us through that. But we'll continue to be honest. You know, if we uh, if we get close to tours and we can't operate them, we'll let people know the situation as of when. Well, uh, I know just how well people think of the Scenic Car Tours events that we run through the JEC because... Prior to recording this, we did ask a few of your uh, customers, a few of our members, to record messages on their experiences and their memories from some of their trips. And we had an avalanche of responses, actually. Uh, and we'll hear the first one now. A road trip to Tuscany. Seemed like a good idea, but were we up to the challenge in our XJS? Well, seven years ago, in 2013, we took the easy option. Scenic Car Tours offered a package that included the motor rail service that then ran from uh, Holland down to Livorno, close to Pisa. Turned out to be a brilliant holiday, particularly the choice of hotel, the Borgo di Cortofredo in Tavernella Val de Pesa. Cool, oh, that's a mouthful. Uh, worked so wonderfully that we uh, decided that uh, we would rebook and it, for 2015. So we now considered returning a third time, but this time doing the full road trip. We had friends who liked the idea. It was important to us that the journey down and the journey back were as much a part of the holiday as the stay uh, in Tuscany itself. One thing that always happens on these trips, you find the unexpected. And there we were on the uh, modern bypass, only to be overtaken by a brand new Ferrari, the electric Ferrari, being brake tested. Now that's something you don't see on the M25. A brilliant trip. Over 2,000 miles, but all enjoyable. My name is Helena Hill. And together with my husband, Roger, have been on four trips with Scenic Car Tours. These being the Black Forest four years ago, France the following year, Mid and South Wales in 2018, 
and the Border 500 in 2019. We have enjoyed all the trips, but our favourite was the Border 500. It enabled us to see different parts of Northern England and parts of Scotland. We started the trip in Kendal for the first night, then travelled to Annick for the second night, moving on to Moffat for night three and finishing in Stranraer. We also like the people that we meet on these excursions. We were booked for the Isle of Man in 2020, but this had to be moved on a year due to the pandemic. We have always found that scenic car tours organise their trips very well, and the documentation that you receive is most comprehensive. Hi, my name's Nick Warner. I live in France, and I've had uh, the real fun of going on four or five of the Scenic Car Tours uh, events. We've been with our XK8 uh, soft top, and most favourite up to date is probably uh, the Leon Historic Run, which is in northern France. It's a period where the old historic medieval type town is taken over by around about 700 mad Brits in all types of vehicle just for the weekend. Saturday uh, is spent going on a, a road run out for lunch and then then back in the afternoon having had a, a meet up in the in the morning in the centre of the town. As usual on road runs, uh, the uh, route that uh, Scenic gave us was perfectly clear. Uh, in fact, it had been even more clear if we'd bothered to take it out of the envelope and read it. However, we made it to the lunch stop. And then on the Sunday, you just do continuous laps of the old uh, town of Leon, uh, nose to tail, loud honking of horns, much hilarity, highly recommend it, thoroughly enjoyable weekend, and we definitely would like to do it again. You're listening to the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Join the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club now at jec.org.uk. So, Pete, as we head into 2021, obviously the the key thing for us as a club is to keep all the members informed, keep them up to date with how things are changing. And if there are any problems on the horizon, you know, as a club, we can let them know straight away and deal with the situation. So it's all about communication from now on, isn't it? That's right, Wayne. Uh, As the world wakes up uh, post-COVID, and I suppose as Europe wakes up post-Brexit, um, we're not 100% sure of what the, what, what the circumstances, what the environment's going to be. So it, it, it's a changing uh, game day by day. Um, what we'd like to do with your help, Wayne, is in subsequent podcasts, we'd like to have a, a sort of scheduled podcast that guys can actually tune into and we'll give an update on what the requirements are around the world at the time for, for touring. So if anybody's booked a tour, they can get a regular update and then know when that'll happen. And we'll let you know what happens there as, as the year opens up. Uh, there's also going to be updates going into the magazine. I realise that the magazine sometimes can't be found from two months before or whatever. So as well as that, we'll have website uh, broadcasts that are going on so people can actually uh, just log on to the website and see what the latest is and also see what the history of, the, of that latest is so you can track down through that. And I'm also planning for the spring to turn out a magazine supplement, which will be almost like the coffee table uh, supplement that sits on the coffee table. It'll have some mouth-watering tours on there that Kieran and me are trying to devise for forthcoming years. It'll obviously have the tours of this year in, but 
Also, it'll have a lot of information in there, um, things like what documentation is required to date for different countries, uh, what's needed for touring, what preparations you need to do to your car, all the things that us guys who are mad keen on touring sort of do as a second nature. And hopefully it'll empower confidence in those people who, who fancy getting their car out and take it for a drive, but haven't quite done the touring thing before. So um, we'll have that together and hopefully have that out uh, sort of springtime of next year, ready for the, the season, the 2021 touring season. So with all those, those methods of communication, um, it hopefully will keep people up to date. There will be my first touring update, I believe, in the magazine, in the January magazine. And that gives my contact details within the club. So if anybody's got any queries, more than happy, pop me an email and I will try and help out in, in that way. A quick starter guide to getting themselves ready to go touring, perhaps on a, a long weekend break or a week's break uh, into Europe. Talk us through, Pete, how you prepare your Jaguar and the sort of things that you take, the documents that you make sure that you have with you, um, and also any mechanical stuff that you tend to do to your car before you go. Um, I mean, we are in a, a great situation with Jaguars because, you know, Kieran works with so many other car clubs that have cars that are, you know... Uh, People take take Austin Sevens, for example, to the bottom of Switzerland, but we have the grey space and pace, you see. So we can travel in comfort and luxury. So Jaguars already are very easy cars to go touring with. But talk us through some of the preparations that you yourself make for travelling around the continent. Me myself, I've got the modern type Jag. I've got an XK150, um, so it's 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 an easy day to day drive. Uh, so I do I do uh, realise that the older Jags will probably take a little bit more TLC, and all of that will be highlighted in the supplements that we put in the magazines and the book for next year. But for me personally. We normally do a quick walk around the car before an MOT just to find out if there's anything basic that we can fix rather than paying the garage mechanic to do. And I would always do that just before I'm going away, check all the lights are working, to check everything's functioning okay. Those things that happen behind you while you're sitting in the car, just make sure that's all, all working okay. Um, I always take a bottle of water with me for the, for the, for the car. I always take that. Having said that, I've never had to use it, but if I don't take it with me, I'll need to use it. So I always do that. I always have a roll of sticky tape. I was always told sticky tape gets you out of so many situations. <laughs> I always make sure I've got full comprehensive insurance and breakdown insurance for wherever I'm going to. That's really important. Um, I always try and get the car serviced at the time of year when I'm going to take the big journey. So our big journeys over the last couple of years have been September time. So my car is scheduled for the big 12-month service in, uh, in August. Uh, I think that's really important. I'd always check the tyres because don't forget, if you are going to go to South Europe, you could easily track up three to 4,000 miles, and that's quite a bit of tyre wear. So always check the tyres before we go away. Um, and the other thing that we always put in the back of the, the car as, as Jaguar enthusiasts is a bucket and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a sponge because once you're there, you can guarantee there will be the photo opportunity of your pride and joy and also you'll be meeting others out there that you want to just brush the dust off and make sure she's looking the best she can. And so 
we always put that in the back of the car. Don't forget, uh, Kieran will or, or Kieran and the club will supply you with the documentation of where you've got to go. But it's also really essential to take local maps so that you can get the most out of the area you go to. Yeah, top tip that actually, Pete, because so many people now rely on sat navs, but just occasionally, especially if you're halfway up an alp, a sat nav will get confused or just give up. Um, a map is crucial, isn't it? Really. And obviously, you want to do a little bit of preparation before you go out there and understand where you're going to, so you can maximise what you see. While while you're out there in the in the uh, way of sort of tours etc while, while you're there uh, if you're going on an escorted tour somebody will hold your hands and help you with that but if you're going on one of the non-escorted tours then that's the sort of thing i'd go for i mean that's quickly off the top of my head wayne we are going to do as i said a full and concise sort of manual for this so so people can sit back and read it and hopefully get the most out of their tour and enjoy themselves as much as they can I mean, the other key things, of course, are insurance, and we're lucky as JEC members. You have access to a panel of insurers through the club there that are used to touring, and they're geared up to making sure that you have enough cover to make sure that you you have everything in place that you need to go on one of the JEC tours. So that's where the panel of insurers through the club comes into its own. Really, they know what we do, we know what tours we're running, and can help you get covered. And also, I guess it's just familiarising yourself with the legislation in the countries that you're passing through you know very recent years we've had all sorts of different laws come in in france for example with breathalyzers were there then you didn't need them then you did again and you know it's just about knowing the local laws isn't it really it's definitely about knowing the local laws it's interesting you speak about france um, i don't know if people are aware but france dropped their speed limit from 90 kilometers an hour to 80 kilometers an hour because they did it nationally the cost of changing the road signs is phenomenal and they haven't done it so unless you know of their change in the law and, and you follow the speed signs on the side of the road, you are breaking the law and they will have you for it. They will fine you for it, which it's those little quirks that, that we will help people out and try and make sure people understand. We have a um, very good uh, relationship and agreement with Michelin uh, in Paris to provide uh, all of the up-to-date mapping software for all of Europe for all of the tours that we provide there. Um, and at the front of anyone that's been on our tours will know at the front of the wallet that you receive a couple of weeks um, before the tour from us, you not only get the maps and the suggested routes and the place of interest, but you get at the front all of the up-to-date information for all of the countries you're traveling through. So if there's something that you've missed, you'll have a reminder good couple of weeks before to make sure that you're fully prepared before you go. So hopefully we've, Pete's advice, what's available on the club website, our website, and in the comprehensive guide that you get for each car from us before you go. You know, a lot of people will be listening to this saying, well, I'll just book it myself. I can Google some hotels en route. Well, firstly, you don't know what those hotels are going to be like. You guys have been there and checked them out for us so that you know that they're good enough for us and that they're safe for the cars. But also you've put together all of that information into a really handy pack. So no one's going to miss anything crucial that they need to know. And that's where all the value comes, isn't it? they uh it certainly does and they won't miss anything wayne if they read it <laughs> yes always read the manual well of course the jc is a international club of jaguar enthusiasts and we are a worldwide community and i know pete that you've been working with integrating the uk arm of the jc more closely with its european neighbors so talk us through some of the activities and initiatives that you're involved with on that front that's right, Wayne. Uh, spending a little bit of my time now in the southwest of France, I feel as if I've sort of jumped camps and I'm, I'm one of the Europeans myself. 
Um, at the last count, approximately 14% of our members live outside of the UK. Uh, so with our membership, that gives us about 2,000 members are outside of the UK. Um, I'm really keen to interact with these, the, these members uh, in Europe because I believe they will give an extra element to our European tours um, in respect that they know what goes on locally, whereas we're only visitors. Um, when you talk about adding confidence to people who go out there, if anything does go wrong with the car, they'll know the local garages, they'll know where to get stuff from. And what's more, it's that social interaction with the people who live locally out there, which I think sort of blends and gives a better tour as well, because rather than just being visitors, we have actually colleagues resident out there who can actually help us with the tour and enjoy the tour with us, uh, which is superb. Um, what was going to happen this year was we were going to rendezvous with the Swiss and, and meet them in, in one of the car rallies there. So it's, it, they can open doors for us in their locality, which as visitors we wouldn't otherwise be able to, able to open. Um, and from the sort of feedback I'm getting, they're really keen to interact with us, which sounds really good. Conversely, I'm also quite keen to help those guys come across from Europe into UK for, for tours there. And for the very first time this year, Kieran and me are putting together a tour, which is like a bolt-on to the uh, Blenheim uh, celebrations in May, the E-Type celebrations and the Summer Jaguar Festival. And it gives those guys a little bit of an additional tour. And we're, we're giving them the Jaguar experience, which is the opportunity to get to go around current day Jaguar um, and see what goes on in the new build of cars. Uh, then we're also uh, giving them the opportunity to go to the uh, Jaguar Heritage Museum and see what's going on with the older cars and how we're preserving the older cars. And then they carry on down the, uh, down the M40 then to uh, Oxford and down to Blenheim enjoy, and enjoy the um, E-type celebrations at Blenheim. So that's the first time we've done that. And uh, several of the European groups actually come across to Blighty uh, and I really want to encourage that and try and get more of them coming across and mixing because I think it's, it's nothing but good for the club because there really are some really fancy cars out here in Europe, which I wasn't aware of, you know, lightweight E-types, all that sort of things out here. And to get those integrated in, in, in with the club, I think will be great for our members to be able to interact with them and enjoy their company. So I find the Europeans... Are, for me, they're going to be a really trump card, an ace card to, to, to use with, with the touring. And uh, hopefully they'll enjoy meeting us as much as we'll enjoy meeting them. That, that's, that's, the, that's the hope for the future. It's a great thing to have this ability to reach out across the Jaguar community worldwide. And uh, Kieran, I know you're, you're very keen to facilitate that and, and hook up with local groups in various parts of Europe as you put these tours together, aren't you? Yeah, it's something that actually we um, sort of, I suppose, stumbled upon when working with the Morgan Club um, a few years ago when you do, you realise actually outside of the UK for these car clubs, there's so many European members and you want to try and get them involved. And, you know, I know that for, for the Jaguar Club, working with them for a number of years now, um, but, you know, it's always been how do we get Europeans to, to come and enjoy our, our main national events and, and things like that. But of course, you have to appreciate if you're coming from the south of France or the Italian lakes or northern Spain or wherever it might be, that if you're coming just for a weekend and then driving home again, it's a hell of a long way. So we're just looking, I'm working with Pete to try and get 
you know, to, to, to extend those packages and add more to them so that European members have got more reason to come over um, to, to interact with the UK members and, and really make a week of something rather than just a flying visit, if that makes sense. It's a fantastic thing to just spread the camaraderie, really, and that's the key word behind these events, camaraderie and friendship across Europe and integrate that into your holiday. Again, one of those things that you get from touring with a club and from touring with Scenic and the packages that we put together with them that you wouldn't get if you just went out there by yourself and uh, and googled a few hotels so let's look then at the top five tours booked with scenic for 2021 and let's start in the uk with the north coast 500 give us a quick idea of what's involved where it goes and how people can book yeah no surprises really um that, that north coast 500 is is top of that list there i think really because 2020 has opened people's eyes more that usually if they're booking a couple of weeks for a holiday it has to be well we'll head to france italy spain wherever it might be whereas this year for a large amount of the year people for a two-week trip had to had to stay at home so it's gone absolutely bonkers the north coast 500 somehow we've managed to scrape a date exclusively for jec members that no one else can book um for next year and there are only nine or ten places on it as pete alluded to earlier so um get booking if you don't if you want to be mixing with uh, with fellow members and doing the north coast 500 for those that don't know about it it's arguably some of the best if not the best scenery in the whole of the uk it's a hell of a long way up don't get me wrong depending on where you are in the country so we make sure that we start on the scottish borders in in people so that people haven't got to go all the way up to the start of the official route so to speak before they meet up and get to know one another and go off from there it takes you up all the way through the cairngorms national park heads all the way up the east coast of scotland and then you get into the real scenery the real good stuff just hugging that coast all the way along the north coast of scotland I think some of the drives around uh, Apple Door and places like that are meant to be absolutely stunning. I know Bob, our director, done the drive himself with one of our groups last year and just was absolutely amazed that it was in the in the in the uk um so yeah just stunning absolutely stunning and uh, really the main draw to the tour is the scenery yes yeah. with a lot of the tours that we run with the club and 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 also our mixed mark tours it's more about staying a few days in one place and exploring that area with the north coast 500 it's about moving along each day because it's not about different museums and things like that don't get me wrong there's a few few nice distilleries along the way that you might stumble across i'm sure but really it's about the drive the scenery and and, and moving along each day to take in that different scenery as you go well if you've never driven the apple cross pass on the nc 500 it is one of those uh memorable moments in life really where you get to take your pride and joy over one of the most stunning routes the uk has to offer so definitely recommend the north coast 500 and no surprise that is number one on the top five tours booked through scenic at the moment because it's all about driving your car and enjoying some of the amazing uk scenery so what dates are we on for that at the moment kieran so for the jec exclusive date in particular we are late June, early July. So we are 26th of June through to the 2nd of July. And that, as I said a, a moment ago, 
we've managed to get that date just for JEC members. We have got a few other dates um, possible with non-JEC uh, members and mixed mark, but where they've been on sale for a couple of months, we've got very limited space. So <laughs> all I'd say is get in, get in while you can. Well, number two on the list is the Italian lakes. Uh, no surprise either, because some great driving roads around the uh, southern part of the Alps into northern Italy there. Um, tell us a little bit more about that one. Yeah, it's always been and continues to be, even with some of the caution that's being taken that we discussed earlier around COVID and Brexit. Um, it's still proving to be one of our most popular tours um, consistently. You've got a nice mix there. You've got a bit of something for those that enjoy the driving, but also those that enjoy the holiday aspect, so to speak. You've got the Stelvio on the way down, which is obviously the name and the draw, the highest paved mountain pass you can drive in Europe. Um, but when you come back, and people often do comment to me after the trip to say, oh, wow, those passes on the way home were better than the Stelvio which are the Furka, the Grimsel and the St. Gotthard passes. And you can do all of them in one day, which can leave you feeling a bit dizzy. But uh, hopefully on the uh, on the Furka, you can play, pay homage to Sean Connery and have your Goldfinger moment. Um, but while you're down there, you've got the beautiful Italian lakes. Um, I'm very biased and love Lake Garda and have been there a few times. And it's just the scenery and the food and the wine. And oh, love it. Absolutely love it. And Izio, just uh, to the west of Garda as well, is fantastic, lovely place. And a little bit quieter than Garda, but just has got as much sort of local charm about it. Garda's a bit more commercialised, which is probably why I like it, because I'm, uh, I'm uh, a, a generic tourist, I'm afraid, Wayne. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> there, are, there are some nice, quieter, more local lakes, as you say, as well, that we do on the tour. Yeah, and of course, you're not a million miles from Brescia there, which is, of course, the starting point of the legendary Mili Melia, um, of course, uh, linked to Jaguar's history very closely. Uh, number three on the list, then, is, well, back up this end of the world, Ireland's Celtic Classic Festival of Motoring. Not one I've been to before. No, no, you won't have, Wayne, because the inaugural event's next year. Ah. <laughs> it's very much following the success of the Isle of Man Festival of Motoring, um, which the uh, Isle of Man Tourist Board and Government um, came to us to, to put on in conjunction with them to bring some people to the Isle of Man that maybe wouldn't have known some of the stunning scenery and, and, and places you can visit there. And the Northern Irish Tourist Board and Tourism Island um, actually uh, saw the success of that and they approached us to work with them to put on a very similar event in northern ireland so it's taken in the irish coastal causeway which i'd done myself a few years ago and again just couldn't believe some of the if you look at some of the pictures of some of the beaches and things people don't believe me that that was the picture that i took in northern ireland it's incredible scenery running along that coast but also the locals there speak very candidly and honestly about the troubles uh, that they had in northern ireland and it, it it's really very interesting very educational as well as stunning scenery and great hospitality and we've got i think already over 100 cars booked for that event in july next year i think because it's a bit closer to home you feel like you're having a holiday because you're going on a boat but you've got that security that 
everyone speaks to some degree the same language and yeah. uh, and uh, obviously all drive on the same side of the road. So yeah. a good social event for next year. Sounds fantastic. And then we come back to England, in fact, and the Southwest 250. Um, this is presumably inspired by the NC500, but uh, is taken in the, uh, well, the southern parts of England, uh, an area often overlooked, actually, as we go bombing through to Dover. Yeah, yeah, you've got, we've we got, we got a couple for next year, actually. You've got the South Coast 250, which we're doing with the, the club. Pete obviously gave a, a, an introduction to that earlier on. Um, we've got exclusive JEC member tours to that destination and mixed mark tours to that destination, which, again, as you say, we just... We just wanted to get, we live here in Kent and we've explored it more than we probably ever would have this year. So paying homage a bit to the to our home county and starting here and letting people see the delights that Kent have to offer. Because as you say, often you'll pass through um, on the way. And I know, I don't know how many listeners watched the, the, the recent Paul O'Grady show on ITV with exploring Kent and some of the fantastic attractions there are here. So just giving people that opportunity to start here and explore the coastline along finishing up in the New Forest, which is, um, I think, places that people maybe haven't ticked off in the past. Um, and just creating that tour using the same format as the Scottish North Coast 500 has, um, I think, whet people's appetite and given them a bit of inspiration. Well, if you're listening to this list of top five places to book through the Jaguar Enthusiast Club and you're thinking, well, yeah, I've seen all of those places, I've done all of that, or, yeah, they're, they're all a bit sort of normal, those holidays, well, we've got a curveball for you because, uh, I mean, I did look at this in amazement when I saw this turn up on the list, I have to say. You can, with the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, join all of us and take your Jaguar on a tour to Chernobyl. Uh where was the thinking behind this one, Kieran? <laughs> Bob and James in the office were drunk, I think. Um, <laughs> it's, um, again, that this particular tour, um, purely because of, at the start, my sort of lack of appreciation for how many people would go on it. We opened it up to everyone. So, yes, as a JC member, you can book on, and, of course, you get your JC discount, but you'll be joining other cars. We've got some Triumphs booked, some MGs booked, some Jaguars booked. So... It's a real mix of cars that are going on it. But yeah, but James and Bob watched the recent HBO series on Chernobyl and really got thinking about, wow, that really is an interesting place. And actually in doing some research, they are open for tourism now. Um, they've got a great guided tour that they'll give you. Don't worry, you're, you're safe and secure um, while you're there. But also you're passing through some fantastic places to reach Chernobyl. So you've got stunning scenery and at the end of it, you've got a really fascinating bucket list destination to tick off when you're there. And that unbelievably is still selling well for next year, which I'm still shocked by. Well, you know, it's incredible. We spend a lot of money as a nation flying to some pretty far off and exotic places on holidays, yet some of the most undiscovered areas of the world to go and be an adventurer in and, and find places for yourself is Eastern Europe. And in particular, Ukraine has really opened up for tourism now and still has that kind of untouched charm about it. You can still go and go into little villages where they probably won't have seen a Jaguar for a long time or if ever, and you'll get a fantastically warm welcome and you'll get to see how their culture is in the ukraine and and understand it more and be a part of it and 
it is traveling in the old sense isn't it of going and exploring places that not many people would have been to before yeah and that's what james and jody here said when they went and joined the trip in in moscow they had this preconception of what the russian local people were like from what they see in the news and the media and they genuinely came back and and said they're some of the nicest people that they've ever met and um and yeah, we, we genuinely are excited for Chernobyl in, in a similar sense. And you're right, Wayne, with, with what you said, especially doing the Chernobyl tour we've, that we've got booked and included on the tour for you. Everything is left as it was. It's untouched. It obviously couldn't be touched. So I think it will be quite an eye-opening, incredible experience and uh, one that I know, especially James in the office here, is hoping he can latch onto and make the most of it. But a great timing as well, because of course what they're in the middle of at the moment is building a new concrete shell to go over the site of the old power station. And the idea of this is that they build this big lead line concrete hat almost, and the old one is starting to uh, get old and, and decrepit now. And so they'll move that one off and slide this one over the top to ensure that the the plant is sealed so you'll get to see all of that engineering happening and taking place and and being under construction so yeah a fascinating tour and with those five tours together there pete that's an incredible offering for jaguar enthusiast club members isn't it it is an incredible offer i mean being a former nuclear worker i have no desire to go to chernobyl itself (laughs) (laughs) but Something that's gone through my mind is because, you know, um, we're not going to be Europeans as such after January. I think people in the past have seen the documentation and the risk and, and, uh, and the challenge of going to um, Eastern Europe as, 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 as quite a, a daunting challenge. Whereas now the frontiers all become the same documentation wise and reasons for passing over them. And so I think it makes it a lot easier for us to go to places like Ukraine um, in the same way as it will be to get to Italy and and France uh, uh, during 2021 and onwards. It's interesting to look at the the, the five tours that we just talked about are the the most subscribed tours that Scenic have got at the moment. And it's interesting to see that the JC specific tours that we've got on, on offer Three of those tours are within our portfolio for 2021. The tours we're organising will be specifically Jags for the North Coast, the Italian Lakes and Southwest 250. So Kieran and me are really excited. I think, you know, um, I think there's a great portfolio of tours for next year and a tour really to suit any particular uh, uh, like or desire for next year. So we're really hoping that uh, the tours that are offered uh, through the JEC uh, are, are providing those those memorable times for our members so they can have maximise their, their time behind the wheel of their pride and joy and uh, remember the tours of 21 in sake of those that we missed in 2020. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Well, I'm sure you're listening to this now and excited for what 2021 has to offer us in terms of tours and holidays through the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. But if you're excited and you want to book, no doubt you will by now have some questions. And uh, luckily for you, we've gathered together the five top most asked questions uh, to Scenic Car Tours. And Pete, what I'm going to do is ask you to sort of take over here and ask those questions to Kieran, work through them, and let's just have a 
discussion on some of the answers that uh, our listeners will need to some of these questions. Okay, thanks, Wayne. I do apologise in advance, Kieran, because obviously <laughs> they're your top ask questions, so you must be almost fed up with answering these, but uh, you must be very rehearsed in the answer anyway. A question that people are asking at the moment is, what is your COVID cancellation policy? I think you've actually covered this a little bit during the podcast, but is there anything we've missed out of that? Yeah, I'll just elaborate on it um, to provide a bit more detail because I think off of the back of the last podcast that we touched on touring I think the bit that maybe we missed um, was providing people the the detail um, which of course they can find in the magazine or on the website but I've missed answering the questions at car shows to be honest Pete so I don't mind so much Um, (laughs) In respect of the COVID cancellation policy that we have in place, the nitty gritty of it, the detail that people are looking for, is that if around the month prior to a trip, which sounds awfully late on, and it is, but we've discovered this year that we've cancelled trips that actually, once you got to a month before the trip, could have gone ahead because of how fluid and changing the border restrictions, the quarantine restrictions, all of the rest of it have been. So the official government guidance on when a tour operator should make a decision on the feasibility of a tour is actually 21 days prior. So if at 21 days prior, it looks like in the next three to four weeks, the tour can't take place, which we hope will be a distant memory by the time we start to operate our tours in the spring, but we will see. We will offer you three options. One will be that you can, if you are able to, and we'd love it if you could, uh, roll forward and postpone the trip to a later date. The second will be if you're unsure and unwilling to commit to a future trip at that stage, that you can accept a voucher so that you can use that credit on a future trip, which of course helps you as the somebody to to look forward to, to something in the future, but unsure quite what but also no doubt helps us in that scenario. But of course, your third option, which we can't shy away from, is that if at that three weeks prior, we can't operate your tour, you've got an option and are entitled to a full refund. And all of those details in full are on the website. They're also within the brochure that we're going to put as a supplement in February's magazine, which will be landing on the doorsteps late January. You've got it. The second most asked question that you have at the moment is how do your tours work and do you escort the tour? Yeah, it's a popular question for those that haven't booked with the club or with us at Scenic before to know how they work. The majority of the tours that we operate are non-escorted. So you're not on your own because you're with other like-minded enthusiasts. But what we do is we provide comprehensive roadbook as i alluded to earlier with michelin maps with what you can do each day with what we need you need to take with you also has details of our 24-hour phone number so if touch wood we don't get many but if you have problems at the hotel things like that you you need a ferry change in we're at the other end of the phone 24 7 and how the tour works in those non-escorted senses is that on the first night we provide you with a welcome dinner at a set time so everybody can get to know one another what you then do after that is up to you because we appreciate it is your holiday if you don't want to socialize with everybody every night you don't have to don't get me wrong we do find that nine times out of ten everybody does end up having dinner every night together because that's really what the tours are about so that's how they work in respect of getting you together 
and how you go about choosing what you do each day. The, the question, do we escort the tour? The majority of cases, no, but you'll get the odd occasion where for club tours, um, the club will historically escort certain tours, for example, with the JEC next year and every time we run it with the JEC, the spirit of the Entente, because historically the Entente Cordial was escorted and people liked the fact that there was JE, well, at the time not JEC, but Jaguar representation on the tour, we've continued that through in reviving that event. And, and I know that Ray it absolutely loves um, the tour. He he was massively instrumental in reviving it. And so he goes along on that one um, just to make sure that everyone's well looked after um, and that he's there to field any questions. So we've got a bit of a mix where you can choose if you feel like you want that back up on the tour, you've got that option of that tour. And if you feel like you're quite happy that we're at the end of the phone and that you're quite happy, you know, mixing with other people without having us there, You've also got the non-escorted tours as well. And the third question that people ask is, on your European tours, do we have to go via Dover or Calais? And it's a very good question because we always, for our European tours, would include Dover to Calais. The reason for that is it's the most regular cross-sea service other than the Eurotunnel, and it's the cheapest. <laughs> so it, it makes the lead-in price for the tours quite attractive. But we actually have really good relationships and deals with all of the major ferry operators. So if you live in the north of England or in Scotland and you want to go via Hull or Newcastle into Europe, because, as I alluded to in the earlier question, how the tours work, you don't actually meet other members until the first night at the first hotel. Whether you go from Dover, Calais, Hull to Rotterdam, Newcastle to Amsterdam, Paul to Cherbourg, wherever you are in the country, as long as you all reach the same hotel for the first night, we can offer any route anywhere in the country so that you don't put those valuable miles on the car getting all the way down to Dover if you don't live locally. And I think you've answered part of uh, question number four already. Uh, the question is, do we have to mix with other members of the tour? Yeah, yeah, as I sort of alluded to in how the tours flow and work. Um, we do get asked that because you do get some people that don't, you know, they want to go away. They want to be at arm's length from other like-minded people if they need a bit of help along the way and, and that bit of security. But they don't necessarily want to spend every minute of every day with each other, which is fair enough. So the answer is no. Um, you, you know, you do tend to find that around the bar of an evening, everyone has their road books out and they're all saying where they want to go the next day. Um, and the majority of people go off into little groups, depending on if that particular group within the group, like car museums or that particular group within the group, like uh, art museums or that particular group within the group, like nice scenic drive. So you tend to find people go off in their little uh, splinter groups, so to speak. But we don't we don't uh, we don't force anybody to to mix or not mix. That's completely up to you once you're on the tour. So we are with uh whether you need to mix with members or not. <laughs> the last question really on number five is, does it need to be a classic car? No. <laughs> <laughs> we we um, often get uh, phone calls to, to, to say uh, we, we, we weren't happy because they weren't all classic cars on the tour. But for us, it's about the camaraderie, the like-mindedness and the scenery and the tour itself. Doesn't matter what car you're in. 
it's the experience. So if you want to take your modern day car or you want to take your classic, whatever, as long as for the JEC members tours, you are a JEC member. And as long as for our mixed mark tours, you are in a car, you can take whatever car you want. Exactly, exactly. My experience of that is that I've taken XK140s right the way through to uh, XK, um, the modern range of XKs, and they all interact together, and the camaraderie is there with everybody. You know what you normally find is the older cars bring out the uh, the people that you're going to visit more than the the younger cars, but uh, it, everybody has a great time regardless of what car it is. Yeah. So those Wayne are the top five frequently asked questions at Scenic regarding touring. Fantastic. Well, uh, you sold me, guys. I'm ready. I'm booking them all. Uh, I'm not going to be around much next year because I'm going to be out on all of these tours. It just reminds me, really, of what a great thing it is to be a part of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. So many times we've addressed the question on this podcast of, what do I get from being in a club? Well, we've got another answer to it here. You get access to a fantastic lifestyle, fantastic set of experiences. And let's be honest, we buy these cars, we cherish these cars because of the lifestyle and the experiences and the memories that they give us and that they hold. So add a few more memories to what your Jaguar holds for you by taking it out, using it, enjoying it, and coming out and meeting new friends within the JEC on these tours. You can find out more information as ever via the website at jec.org.uk or of course within our monthly magazine Jaguar Enthusiast and no doubt Pete Allen and Kieran uh, will be both back on the podcast as we go through 2021 to update us with how things are progressing with all of the changes in the world but also to tell us what a blooming good time they've all had <laughs> as they've gone through all the various holidays on offer. So uh, fantastic to uh, speak to you both. Happy New Year to you Kieran and to you Pete and to yourself Wayne of course we'll be back in the new year with a brand new series of the JEC podcast so until then get online get booking and we'll see you on an Alp somewhere or a nice road in your Jaguar somewhere soon Hi this is Paul Sinnott I just wanted to give you my experience of the great service that we've received from Scenic and Continental Car Tours over the last few years as well as club activities, I also take the opportunity to regularly go on overseas motorbike and car tours with a group of similar petrolhead friends. I knew of Scenic and Continental Car Tours through their involvement with us at the JEC, and by a strange coincidence, their offices are just 300 yards from where I live. So a few years ago, I decided to contact Kieran to see if they were able to help us in a supercar trip we were planning to do to Rance in the Champagne region of France. Knowing what they've done with the JEC and with other clubs such as the TR Register, of which I'm a member, I guess I shouldn't really have been surprised that they were immediately able to source accommodation and travel options cheaper than I could find myself. But much more importantly, with all the experience that they had of arranging club tours, they were able to produce a comprehensive tour package that included great quality driving maps, uh, suggested tours for each day of our visit, and local guides and information on places to visit. And crucially, I think those route maps and suggestions of places to go were based on their own experience of having stayed in those hotels and driven on those roads themselves. That makes a huge difference really, knowing that someone has put in the legwork beforehand to verify the quality of the hotel and actually taken the time to find some great driving roads for us to enjoy. We then had the added security of a telephone helpline to their representatives if we encountered any problems whether that was sorting out any issues with the hotels, changing our ferry times, etc., etc. 
And of course, we had great fun working with them to produce a bespoke rally plaque for each of us that included photos of our vehicles. Indeed, those plaques caused a great deal of interest amongst the locals when we were travelling, and they now provide a great memento of the trip mounted on my garage wall. And we didn't just have one option of travel and hotel. We decided that we wanted to take the ferry rather than the train, but have a first-class lounge upgrade so that we could both start our tour in a relaxed manner with a glass of bubbly, and also meant that our cars got loaded first onto the boat in a discreet area at the front, where we didn't have all the other passengers brushing past our cars. So after just a few phone calls and meetings with Kieran, we had a full tour package at less cost than I could have sourced just the accommodation and travel. With the great success of that first trip, I didn't hesitate to contact Kieran three months later to organise another trip, this time in our classic cars to the Normandy region to do our own D-Day tour. Then they did a great job, the quality of the tour packs and the options of many different driving routes each day, taking away all the hard work and making for a really relaxed tour for us. A year later, we were back again with them, this time deciding we wanted to visit the Ardennes Forest in Belgium, including drives down to the Spa and Nürburgring circuits. And even when members of our party had to change their arrangements literally on the day of travel, I was able to phone them at 7 o'clock in the morning to try and rearrange things whilst we were driving down to the ferry. Great service. Our trip this year hasn't happened for the obvious reasons, but even today I've been talking to Kieran about thoughts for our North Wales and the Isle of Man trip sometime in 2021. Overall, I can't recommend Kieran and the guys highly enough. They don't just focus on the big club club trips. We've received the same friendly and professional service when there's been just a small private group of us. So thanks, guys, and I'll see you next year. Hi. I'm Doug Warren, former nine-year chairman of Essex Thameside region. During my tenure, I organised three separate long weekend trips to Europe for my club, Louvain in Belgium, Reims and Deville in France. The work involved organising channel crossing hotels trips was intense, as well as encouraging members to participate in taking money for the trips. I also prepared a pack for each member, which included the itinerary, route maps, tourist information and a rally plaque designed by me. Each trip attracted around 20 members and partners. However, although enjoyable to undertake, later learn of the financial risk I put myself and the club in should anything go wrong. In 2017, I then turned to scenic car tours for future club events. The first being a trip to the Classic Carmi in Laon, France. We've been on a number of trips since and find them well organised and reasonably priced. The staff at Scenic Car Tours have always been helped and their planning exceptional. Their trip pack are very comprehensive and detailed with the added bonus of a trip plaque for the front of the car. I now have over 20 decorating my garage wall from various events attended, including on a personal level, I would have no problem recommending Scenic Car Tours to all members of the JEC. Hi everyone, my name is Graham Mackay. I am a member of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club and first made contact with Scenic Car Tours at the Jaguar Festival at Windsor Castle. It had been a lifetime ambition of mine to drive across America, so when I saw the Route 66 trip advertised on their stall, I was hooked. I took a leaflet and started thinking about it. Then, when I saw a Ford Mustang convertible was being offered, I jumped at the chance and made the booking. I went for the full coast-to-coast trip, 
to enjoy as much of America as possible in four weeks. The whole trip was organised extremely well by Scenic Car Tours. Everything went very smoothly and I thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience. There were a mix of participants on this road trip from various car clubs including Jaguar, Morgan and Porsche. We all got to know each other very quickly. This road trip has hundreds of interesting places to stop at along the way and they were all detailed in the Scenic Car Tours Roadbook. This book contained lots of information and maps and proved invaluable when planning our route each day. The highlights for me on this epic road trip started with Daytona Beach on the east coast, bright sunshine. The Blue Ridge Mountains, heavy rain. Nashville, Tennessee, jazz music. The National Corvette Museum, interesting. Chicago, Springfield Route 66 Festival, an amazing display of old American cars. And then Cuba Mural City, where I got my hair cut at, wait for it, Roots 66 Barbershop. Then came Joplin, the Blue Whale, magnificent sight, Oklahoma, and then the Big Texan Steak Ranch in Amarillo, where we were all taken by limousine from the hotel to the ranch and had a group meal and night out together. That's all for this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Don't forget to keep in touch with us here on the JEC podcast via www.jecpodcast.com. And you can get in touch with us very easily by using the voice recorder on there to leave us a message, or you can use the contact form if you prefer to write your messages. Don't forget, you can also join the Jaguar Enthusiast Club online by clicking the Join Today button on the top right-hand corner of the podcast page to enjoy all the benefits, plus the fantastic, glossy, 130-page monthly magazine that's all included in your membership of the worldwide Jaguar family that is the JEC. This is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Subscribe for new episodes at jecpodcast.com.